Oh, hello and welcome back to the Hiring Advantage podcast. I'm Chrissy and hey queen, congrats on giving yourself some time to learn how to up-level your hiring skills because as we know from listening to this podcast, the way to true growth in your business and lots more money, a lot more ability to support more clients is absolutely by hiring a team. And this podcast is designed to give you all the skills from my 12 years of hiring and recruitment experience and the skills that we use in Hiring Advantage, the agency, to teach you to hire and train and bring on your team with ease, but also like a complete and all professional so that you get hiring right and it gets to be easy. Today, we are gonna talk about difficult conversations in the hiring process. It's gonna be a short, snappy podcast, but it is a podcast episode, but it is an important one because I think being prepared for these questions can get you better results. It will make your brand more attractive to the applicant and doing this with confidence, it just sort of sets the tone for how you're gonna be as a boss with your applicant. So before we dive into that, I wanted to have a chat to you about what's going on and what amazing offers I have for you. So the Hiring Playbook, which is the all-inclusive program, is the most affordable price point to implement a hiring strategy into your business. And it is something that I've taken from all of my recruitment experience and I've created into an 80-page workbook plus a load of training videos. So for any step in the hiring process from designing your recruitment strategy, building your resource forecasting, understanding your numbers, really thinking about your long-term business plan with regards to team and what that's gonna look like. And then every step in the hiring process, you've got a template, a script, a process, but also loads of training, loads of coaching, and it is until the end of 2022 at a super low price point. So just to be really transparent, it's around $600, which is insane. It will go up next year. But in addition to that, I am offering discounted one-to-one coaching that you can purchase as a part of the hiring playbook. So it is super, super juicy. If you are listening to this podcast and you are confident that at some point in the next 12 months, you're going to hire a team. This is the time to purchase the playbook. It's never going to be at this price point again. And you will have opportunities to join me in live round when we do that next year. So this is super juicy, super affordable. And as I say all the time, I want small business owners who want to grow their teams, level up their business, grow empires. I want to give them the tools and the skills to do just that. When you're a small business owner, there's so much to do and you can't do everything. And building these processes, understanding all of this information, learning fair work, learning how to interview, learning how to write job descriptions, all of the legal requirements you need to do, all of the steps. It is a lot of time on you as a business owner to go and look all that up. So I'm giving you that process and that strategy as well as the training and the support of how to implement it so it's i'm so so passionate about the playbook it got incredible feedback in the beta round and i'm so excited to be able to give it to you and make it super affordable for you so that you can crack on in 2023 by hiring that team and getting all the things that come with the team the support the camaraderie and the time for yourself the ability to take a freaking day off and have more work-life balance. And I want to give that to you. So, so, so exciting. Any questions on the playbook, feel free to jump into my DMs on Instagram. So we're going to chat today about difficult conversations in the playbook. And we, we do have a whole module and a whole training section of this in the playbook. But essentially, a lot of 
like many things in recruitment, a lot of the ability to deal with difficult conversations is about being prepared. Now, the things that I'm going to run you through that come up probably the most frequently in my experience of dealing with recruitment is number one, talking about money. So asking applicants about salary and rate expectations, but also managing those conversations at offer stage. Number two will be understanding their work priorities and if they can actually perform the job. I think, I mean, from my experiences, a lot of times when you get applications and then they physically can't do the job, they can't go to the location, they can't work the hours you need, but they tell you they can and it is a massive waste of time. So you need to be able to have those conversations to really understand whether they can actually do the job in terms of can they get to the physical location? Can they do the hours? And can they do those skill sets? You will get people who talk themselves up. So it's really trying to unpack that and being quite direct with people so that you're not wasting your time and you're not wasting their time. Understanding their priorities in terms of work-life balance, like what else have they got going on and how to do this without being discriminatory. It's very important. The next one would be letting people down. So obviously you're going to be dealing with rejections. You're going to be letting, giving feedback all throughout the recruitment process. So they're the main things that we're gonna talk about, those topics that are all the difficult conversations that you have to have. But I would say the main ones around money, understanding whether they've got the skills to do the job, understanding their priorities to see if they're gonna be a fit for your business, and then also rejections and letting people down. Now, before we dive into those difficult conversations, just something to be really mindful of, when it comes to this conversation around what you can and can't say in the recruitment process. So I'm going to add a link into the show notes, but this is basically discrimination in the hiring process. So there is a checklist so that I've pulled for you. It is off fair work, but it is preventing discrimination in recruitment. So it is really, really important that you are not discriminating against people on the grounds of their ethnic background, their gender, their sexual orientation, their able disability, able-bodiedness, any mental health issues. It is a massive part of your brand in terms of how you treat people. And it's important that you educate your team or anyone else who's involved in the recruitment process as to how important this is. So it's about being consistent and fair in the way we treat our applicants, considering people who maybe do have slight impairments or need additional support and seeing if we can accommodate those requirements without discounting them. It is not okay to be discriminatory in this day and age, and people of all abilities certainly can bring things to the table. When we're screening people, we should be focusing on the essential requirements of the job. And look, we talk about intuition in the hiring process, which is important, but it is tapping into those personal biases and thinking, okay, why am I concerned about this person? We are essentially looking for someone who is the right person for the job, but we also want to be able to manage them. So it's striking a balance with that. As when you're documenting things, do not be discriminatory in your notes. If you got subpoenaed, if they got called upon, you need to protect yourself. But also just, you know, you want to go out into the market and be fair and equitable. Humans are essentially, you know, we do run a certain level of biases. We all have our own experiences, but we need to be fair and equitable in these recruitment processes. So it reads really well to read this checklist, particularly your language in your job adverts, you know, be professional all times. I know that this podcast does have a predominantly female audience and interestingly I don't only work with women I find a lot more women come to me in the hiring playbook in that container for coaching and and also for consulting services but in hiring advantage the agency although 
my brand is super feminine and super pink i have a lot of men that i work with too one of my bigger clients is a mechanics we have a migration agency that we work with the it's run by um, a male and you know the staff is 50 50. it's not discriminating i mean i'm very feminine um, i have a black t-shirt on today recording this but i'm typically in pink i'm quite girly my bedroom is pink <laughs> and that's me and that's my brand and the men who are okay with that are men i want to work with the men who are not okay with essentially who i am they're self-selecting out it's not me selecting them out i hope that makes sense it's not you know you can have a really feminine brand voice but i would be extremely mindful of putting anything in your advert or discussing in your interview process where you're only talking about hiring women for example or vice versa imagine if you were doing it vice versa it would be seen as really not okay but we just need to be careful with that. I'm all for female empowerment. I'm all for helping women in business. I'm all for making sure that there's flexible jobs for parents, but be careful whether we're saying moms, be careful where we're saying women. You know, you want you essentially want the best person for your business, right? And you want someone who's gonna fit with your brand and your energy, regardless of the industry you're in. So just to touch on that note first. <laughs> um, so let's talk about rate salaries when to have those conversations how to manage it now probably in terms of rate and money it is quite staggered throughout the recruitment process so recommendation number one is have a rate band in your advert so you should be having people self-select out if they're not in that rate so 30 to 35 dollars an hour you need to do your research on your rate so first of all you need to go on fair work and make sure that you're hitting the minimum rate requirements for that award type the next thing i would recommend you do is you go and do your market research so go on the other job boards seek linkedin indeed look for other roles similar to yours with companies a similar size and look at what they're paying your rate needs to be competitive we do not want to lowball people we will not get the best talent you are likely not going to pay the same as say a law firm or an oil and gas company if you're recruiting administration and that is just fine because you're going to offer benefits more than likely but you cannot pay a, a wildly low rate it's just not going to attract you the right talent so tip number one with money is get the rate banding on your advert and be really transparent you don't want it to be cloak and dagger you want to be able to have really open conversations with people now i highly highly recommend that when you screen your applicants so you've put your advert up you've got your rate on there when your applicants are coming through and you are screening them and you're picking up the phone and you're having conversations ask them directly what are you looking for as an hourly rate or what are you asking for as a salary and then say nothing look humans are naturally uncomfortable talking about money but at some point you are going to have to have this conversation as their employer you're going to be paying their wages you're going to see how much they get paid the conversation needs to be had now and nobody wants to waste time going all the way through the recruitment process don't apologize for it stick to your guns ask that question and then very 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 important make sure you record it and make sure you say it back to them. So the conversation would go something like, as the hiring manager, can I please confirm what you are looking at as an hourly rate? And the applicant would usually refer back to the advert and say, I'd be looking for, you know, I, I saw the advert was advertised at 30 to $35 an hour. And then you need to basically have a conversation as to what you think you will pay that person. So if 35 an hour is the money that you will pay someone who has all the skills and this person doesn't, you need to be quite, quite transparent. So, you, you know, sort of un explain when you've got a band as to what you pay, explain what the skill set is that you're looking to hire for the top end of the band. What is the skill set you're looking to hire for the bottom part of the band? Be really, really transparent. Be forearmed. Some people would be really, really 
honest and transparent and talk about you know the rates that there are now the salary on there what their priority is maybe money isn't their motivator what i would say is as well is if you're going right to the top of the band for someone who's not skilled you've got no room if that's the top of your budget so there's quite a few things to consider in when it comes to rate when you're setting the rate but also it's not just about you know the award rate what the market rate is it's also what you can afford to pay and then you need to give yourself some wiggle room to go above i typically don't offer at the top of my affordability because i want to be able to give people room to step up and give them a pay rate i hope that makes sense it does come with a certain level of practice and a certain level of confidence in terms of having those rate conversations so my biggest piece of advice is know your numbers when you're going into those conversations absolutely write your note really clearly down at the point when you're screening early on in my recruitment days i got caught out so many times i am so thorough and so diligent and i have all of these conversations recorded in the same place because you need to literally when you offer them you need to go back to them and say this is what we discussed you know there should be no ambiguity there should be no surprises yes so i don't typically have rate conversations interview i have them at screening I have them at offer stage because I've really thoroughly documented my conversation and I feel very confident on what I've said. I feel very confident going into the interview. Now, it does happen and it's happened recently when I was negotiating an offer on behalf of a client or putting the offer out. They got really excited. They accepted the rate that we discussed on our screening call and then they came back and they like doubled down on what they'd said and they told me that I'd offer them a different rate. And I said, no, that's not right. You know, I've documented our conversation. This is what was discussed. And they'd also documented the conversation, but we actually were recruiting two roles for the same company. So they'd written the wrong rate down. She was on a higher rate, but she'd wanted to, her biggest priority was flexibility and working for a smaller company, which is what this this company was offering. So we had these like really hardball conversations, you know, where she sort of, not accuse me, that's not really fair, but sort of based on the information she'd recorded, she thought that I had, said something different but I had all of this recorded and then when I because I had it recorded really thoroughly I was able to jog her memory and she completely agreed (laughs) and then we had offered her in the middle of the rate band so we had room to wiggle to sort of I guess save face on both sides never trying to lowball a candidate but we did clearly state the budget for the role she was on a little bit higher I had that conversation with her in the screening process to say this is what the rate is like we're not going to go up to the rate that you're on so if money is your priority you probably need to stop the application process and I'm really firm on that and then you know she came back to me and said okay well probably I shouldn't have accepted the rate I did can you look a little bit higher and we had all of that flexibility built in so everyone was happy in the end basically but I'm just explaining you someone who's very very experienced you need to document you need to be really confident and you need to be prepared to walk away from the applicant if they're you know if their values are not right this role was not about rate this this role offered so much flexibility such a fantastic organization and i actually had some really good backup applicants so i was completely prepared to walk away from this person if if they were not right so again with rates just be hugely prepared and be you know it is it it can feel uncomfortable you will get better with time but don't you know hem yourself into something you're not comfortable with and be prepared to walk away and all stages of the recruitment and hiring process be prepared to walk away if if it's not feeling right 
So understanding work priorities and, and priorities in general in terms of the job search. So it is very rare that in this current market, the applicants are only looking at one job. So we need to have conversations with them. And again, I highly recommend it screening to understand, you know, what else have you got on the go at the moment? You know, what, what's your current work situation? Are you working currently? What is your notice period? Are you applying for the roles? Are you in other interview processes? And particularly at interview stage, you need to have very candid conversations to say, you know, where are you at with your other job searches? This is our timeframe in terms of getting back to you with feedback. How does that sit with you? And you're essentially trying to assess, like if this is your star applicant and you really like them and you think you're going to put an offer to them, what you don't want is another company doing the same thing. And this person not even getting to the point where they can hear an offer, listen to an offer because they've already accepted it and closed their ears to any offer you're going to give them like if they go ahead and sign a contract just because you went quick enough that is no good so we need to understand what else they've got in the go in terms of their work priorities you know if your role is immediately available and they're on a four-week notice period you need to factor that in and see if that's something you can live with i'm um, but understanding you know are they just going to this interview for interview practice right that's no good to you if you really like them so it's really understanding what notice they've got have they got anything else on the go that's going to impact them from doing your job in terms of you know other roles other commitments it is an understanding it important to get an understanding of that particularly with the job search this is just a huge time-saving exercise but it's also really professional you know and and also then when you come to offer stage you have a bit of a level of influence if they're saying to you you know what my biggest priority is work-life balance and you offer them a job with a ton of flexibility and the hours they wanted in the location they wanted and then they're going to get another job offer from a massive company who can give them a lot more money but not a lot of balance you've got that leverage to have that conversation at least just give yourself a shot of getting them to accept your offer work-life balance personal commitments this is the conversations that are i don't think they're difficult to have because if you're you know a chatty person and you're just chatting to another human about what else they've got in their going on in their life it can be very fluid and very natural but again we do not want to discriminate against people like you can't you don't want to be discriminating against someone's because they've got kids or they don't have kids or because they're looking after an elderly parent for example i do think it's important to get your applicants to paint a bit of a picture of what they have going on in their lives and what's important to them and what their priorities are because this is really so you can be the best boss right but to see if your values align i'm you know i don't think you can dig too deeply in but if the applicant raises things about their home life any studies they're doing their living situation build on this and have a conversation it will tell you so much about that individual and it will help you make decisions again just just be mindful of the discrimination piece but it it will help you make decisions in terms of you know priorities what work-life balance looks like for them Um, and make sure that it aligns with your company's values as well. So the big one that I think people are always really nervous about in the hiring process is letting people down. And essentially, there's only ever, if you've got one job, there's only ever one winner. There's only one person who gets the job offer, takes the job offer in the end, right? So yes, it can be a little bit awkward, but honestly, I think letting people down well on brand directly, it, it takes a bit of gut, but it speaks so highly that you were able to tackle this respectfully and with kindness. And I think it can really make you stand out and 
hold you in good favor for if they're looking for a job in the future. Let's say they're your number two applicant, you really like them, but you just can't take two people at the moment. You want to know that they respect you because you gave them candid feedback and you were honest. So different stages of where you're going to let people down. I do believe that at every stage in the application process, you do need to let people know if they're not moving forward. So I highly recommend, and you'll know this if you listen to the podcast, everyone that goes out to market to recruit a job, I do recommend that you have an advert on a job board because it allows all of this functionality of rejections for one, for one of the many benefits to be much, much easier. So indeed, Seek, LinkedIn, they all have built in templates to reject applicants. Do this sooner or later if they're an outright no. One, it will make your screening life so much easier, but it also means people aren't holding on or chasing up um, and they can move on with their job search. It's, it's kind. When you screen, now you don't need to let people down directly on that um call. So if you are screening someone and you think absolutely they're not right, there's two approaches that I have. So if you're screening someone and you're saying, okay, you know that the job is 20 hours a week and it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they're saying outright they can't do it, try and get them to sort of withdraw that application, right? So try and get them to come to the realization that this job's not gonna work for them. And you can be quite firm and say, okay, well, I am gonna be looking for an applicant who can do these hours. You can get them to sort of self-select out and then you let them know, okay, well, you know, this job doesn't sound like it's gonna be right for you. So you're gonna get a rejection email from me, but I I love speaking to you. I think you've got fantastic skills at best of luck with your job search. So being really, really kind. If you're unsure or there are no, but you don't have any really specific feedback, the way to handle this on a screening call is to say, okay, so the next stage in the process and how we're going to progress with applications is we contact everyone about interviews. So if you are progressing forward to interview, we will be in touch with you to arrange an interview time. If you do not progress forward to interview stage, you will get an email explaining the reasons why. Sort of saves face, but again, you're still closing the loop. They know the next cause of action sits with you, not with them. And they don't really need to follow you up. Again, moving swiftly through this will eliminate the back and forth after interviews so everybody who comes to an interview obviously you're going to offer your person who's successful but every single person who comes to an interview you need to have a verbal or try your hardest to have a verbal conversation to let them down like with interviews they've put so much effort in in terms of coming to your interview preparing for your interview researching your company they've shown up they've invested they've spent a lot of time And that is just the interviews, right? They've also put applications in. You need to let them down over the phone and give a reason as to why you're letting them down. So I use something called for, and sorry, it's not the nicest phrase, turn of phrase, but I use something called the shit sandwich formula, which is bread. So you've got like bread, shit, bread, right? So you've got bread, which is like kindness and positivity. And then you've got the poop in the middle, which is like a bit of bad news and the letdown, and then it's followed up with more kindness and positivity. So I can give you an example of this if you were letting someone down after an interview. It would be along the lines of, hi Kim, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with us and we absolutely loved meeting you. I thought you interviewed really well. You were able to talk really well through your experience and I love the example that you highlighted about your customer service experience. It was so incredibly valuable. Unfortunately, we have decided to move forward with another applicant so we're not proceeding forward with your application the applicant that we picked they had really strong leadership experience and really invaluable experience to our business of working with this particular system that we have but as i said i thought you interviewed really well and absolutely really enjoyed meeting you with you wish you so much success with your job search 
any company that you apply to will be lucky to have you and we more than happy to stay in touch and would absolutely welcome you to apply to roles in the future so obviously you don't like talk at them like I just did. I would do point one and point two. So the first layer of bread and the first layer of poop. And then do a pause in case they have anything to say. And then, you know, do your little bit of a positive thing. You don't have to go on and on. You can pick a couple of points from what I just said. People are usually really, really nice and they really appreciate the feedback and you call them and they usually just want to get off the phone because they're like, you know, they feel a bit sad if they were attached to you. I, but I've also had like incredible conversations from from that as well staying in touch is usually really nice but you put it all on them so you're not you know chasing them up to stay in touch give them your email address get them to check in with you but just be really kind like as i said someone's put a lot of effort into coming to your interview and you know you never know where that person will end up in the future right they could end up being a client they could end up getting tons of amazing experience at one of your competitors and you might absolutely want to work with them in the future so do not burn your bridges be super super kind and i think in addition to you know you giving this person a good experience it also speaks so well to your brand and how professional you are if you can do it kindly so i hope you found this episode useful (laughs) it's not like you know it's difficult conversations it's not the most fun upbeat episode but it is so valuable and important to learn these skills in the hiring process and if you have a process for it and you know what you're doing it's going to save you a ton of time and heartache thinking and googling and, and stressing out about what you have to say as i said in the hiring playbook it is a huge chapter in terms of interviews offers difficult conversations i talk about it all the way through you've got me as your coach to pick your brains but i've done this stuff for such a long time i've had loads of quirky awkward conversation moments that i have to work my way through you always get through it but my biggest piece of advice would be being prepared and being kind so just to recap in terms of what we talked about today we talked about dealing with discrimination in the hiring process i will insert a bit of a checklist for you so you can stay protected we talked about negotiations and conversations around salary and rates we talked about understanding their priorities and what else they have on the go in terms of their job search we talked about having professional conversations about the priorities in terms of the out of work commitments and then we talked about letting people down with kindness and compassion i hope you love today's episode as always i love getting your feedback thank you for everyone who dms me to give me feedback on the podcast and any questions about hiring i'm always here for you until next time have a good one thank you for listening to this episode of the hiring advantage podcast If you have any questions or love the show, head over to at Hiring Advantage on Instagram and let me know. If you learned something today, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a review or shared this with someone else that you think would benefit from this knowledge. Until next time, happy hiring queens.